Hi, and welcome to episode 190 of No Crying in Baseball, the Blonde Bats Have More Fun episode. My name is Patty. I'm here with my friend Potty Mouth. Hi, Potty Mouth. Hey there. I can't wait to hear about it. I'm, we'll I'm get excited there. to hear about blonde bats. Oh, sure. Oh, sure. As, as the resident blonde, I have to like, you know, lean into, I was, I was going to say my people, but my people aren't bats. So I don't know what I'm talking about. That's, that, that's all right. But enjoying yeah. bats or something yes. like that. That's it. Maybe we'll find yeah. out. We'll find out in a couple of moments. Cause on today's show, we've got divided households featuring the New York Yankees Red Sox household and the O's Cleveland household. We've got boyfriends past, present, and on the IL. We've got our monthly predictions check-in. We've got way too much getting hit in the head. Our police blotter features Marcelo Zuna, Bob Brenly, and foreign substances. And we're on the road to the Olympics. Woohoo! But first, I've got a lot to talk about with the uh, Yankees Red Sox situation. So it started because my very good friend Santiago Estrella is here visiting us, and this is my Yankees fan friend. And we from started, where? Where's he visiting from? He's visiting from Quito, Ecuador. So he flew in Friday night. This is where we're recording on Sunday. So he came in Friday night just in time, and we, we had planned this trip a while ago. Um, it's a vaccination. He's coming here to get <laughs> vaccinated. So we didn't realize how well the baseball thing would line up because, you know, our, our friendship was sort of founded on this friendly banter between Red Sox and Yankees. And we've actually gone to a game together at Fenway. I went to Yankee Stadium with him. It was a whole experience. So we're like, oh, cool. You get in. We get to quarantine together while watching the Yankees Red Sox series. And uh, at this point, you know, I'm hoping that tonight goes equally as well. But at this point, the Red Sox have won the first two games at Yankee Stadium, which is the big punchline of this part. But but first, actually, I've got to say one little thing. So one thing that he did when I went to Yankee Stadium with him, I forget how long ago it was, two years ago, four years ago, something like that. Uh, no, it was when Jarek Jeter, Jeter retired. So that was, what, 2016? He bought a Jeter jersey, and he likes to flaunt this Jeter jersey whenever possible. So it's been left on our kitchen chair, and I actually posted that on Facebook. Like, only one person in the world could get away with this shit, leaving his Jeter jersey around the house. So I came down this morning, and I'm looking around, and his wallet is on the counter. And I was like, all right, he leaves the jersey out. He leaves his wallet out. And then I noticed the jersey wasn't there. And I turned to Mr. Pottymouth, and I was like, did you know he moved the jersey? And he said, no, I hid it. <laughs> so, so we're waiting for him to figure out he hasn't mentioned it yet we're waiting he might you know figure it out actually when he hears this podcast that, that would be very funny if he like doesn't notice it until then. <laughs> but at this point I don't even know where the Derek Jeter jersey Jeter jersey yeah say that 10 times fast is it Derek, Derek Geezer now yeah something like that Derek Geezer? Sure. Yes, that totally works so the Friday night game, it was just, it was so much fun. And the first thing that I noticed was that my guys, so Kike Hernandez, the baseball boyfriend that I picked way back in Dodgers time, who I still adore, and Bobby Dahlbeck, who was my Red Sox premature boyfriend last year, are not in the lineup. And I'm thinking that my heart hurts for them, but that makes sense. This is the first Yankees-Red Sox matchup of the year. It's at Yankee Stadium. They have both been in a mighty slump. So uh, Rafael Devers, first inning, two on, two strikes, two outs. 
he gets a fastball. And I, I guess Devers has not been hitting fastballs. He's been hitting everything else like crazy, but his fastball rate is super low, which is probably what Michael King was thinking. But he, he knocked it out of the park and he admired it. And I think that is, you know, that is a totally appropriate Take thing pride to do. in his work, right? Yeah. And I think that changed that action, you know, that happening in that first game has changed Devers' mindset because he was hitting really well in both game one and game two. And I think just psychologically, he's now a Yankee killer. Like, I think he's, you know, I can do this. I'm at Yankee Stadium. So I'm all on that. So the, uh, the Red Sox won that one 5-2 to give the Yankees a little something or kind of a big something. Michael King, their starter, did throw an immaculate inning in the fourth. And I tried to make Santiago feel a little bit better by telling him this, that it was actually like a really special thing. It's only the seventh immaculate inning for the Yankees period and the first to be thrown against the Red Sox, like ever. So I was like, that's pretty cool. You should treasure that. He said he did not give a fuck because... Because he's your friend and that's how your friends talk. Exactly, exactly. And we do this bilingually as well. But yeah, because they lost both games. So game two... I'm a little nervous because I see Kike and Bobby Dalbeck in the lineup, right? And so Kike Hernandez is going into this game 0 for the last 27 at-bats. And Bobby Dalbeck is going into the game 2 for the last 23 at-bats. Both of them have averages super low. I am nervous as fuck. It was going back and forth a little bit in the beginning. It's tied up 3-3. to Devers, the Yankee killer, gets a single. So This is where it could be broken open. He's on base. Kike Hernandez is up and he gets a double. And so he broke his like and talk about like a psychological boost there, too. So he broke his streak, his negative streak by um, getting the go ahead run with his double. Then uh, Ben Vasquez comes up, score. uh, He hits to score Kike. And then Bobby Dalbeck comes up. And by this time, they're ahead. But still. Dahlbeck hits a home run, and not only does he hit a home run, but he hit a home run 453 feet with 115.6 miles an hour off the bat. So it's the longest and hardest hit by a Red Sox at Yankee Stadium since StatCast started doing that stat, uh, which is 2015. That's good, right? Yeah. I think that's good. I think that's good. So so this is, like, super exciting. So not only is, like, Baby Devers, Carita, you know, he's got his – head on straight that he can do this. Now Kike's back. Now Dahlbeck's back. Another guy who did well, who, who I usually like, you know, Alex, Alex Verdugo, we can't, I, it's, it's a hard one for me to mention because he is definitely involved in, you know, an an alleged situation involving a rape um, when he was a minor league Dodger. And we have to keep that on the radar because it's another one that was never completely solved. And, you know, go back. We've talked about it a lot in past episodes, but they had him mic'd up and he he did it well, which is another one that I just kept saying, you know, oh, this guy's an asshole. But oh, my God, he was bantering with the fans, the Yankees fans in the outfield and apparently like was kind of endearing to them, ended up just bumping with a guy and then tossing him a ball. So like the like for Yankee fans to be hanging out with them. And then also like they they got the using the outfield and they got the call to do the shift and he's like we're shifting on dj lemayhu and sure enough lemayhu gets a hit you know so he knew more than i don't know maybe it was cora whoever called for the shift um oh and the other one is that the yankees debuted a guy 
So it was Chris Gittens who had his debut. And when that got called with Verdugo in the outfield, he's like, they're debuting a guy against the Red Sox. And just like the way he said it, like that's, and, and I have issues with this guy's parents. So when he debuted, they went into the, you know, into the stands and talked to mom and dad. And dad was very proud of the fact that when he signed that dad said to him, I am not going to go to any of your games until you make the majors. So his mom went to all his minor league games, but his dad, this was the first time he's seen him play since he signed, which I think is shitty. Sucks. That is shitty. His dad's never going to be a boyfriend. Absolutely. I mean, what the fuck? You know, the, the, the kid was like, well, you know, extra incentive. Yeah, that's what he no. used it for. But no, no, bad parenting. Bad parenting. Bad parenting. All right. Last thing I'm going to say, Red Sox, I think I said this. They were previously one for 15. The last 15 games had only won one at Yankee Stadium. They won the past two. I can't wait to see what happens tonight because Domingo Germán, talk about people who are not my favorite. He's pitching for the Yankees. Garrett Richards, who's been a little bit unpredictable to say the least is playing is pitching for the Red Sox. Uh, JD Martinez is not in the lineup, but you know, it could happen. I'm going to get the broom ready just in case. (laughs) Very nice. Very nice. So my household has this weird Orioles Cleveland thing going on. And here's why it's weird. Okay. So I'm, I'm different than potty mouth is the potty mouth is Red Sox above all, no matter what the situation is. I have, I have loyalties that, you know, I don't lose them, but I add loyalties. You know, I was born in Cleveland. I will always be a fan of the Cleveland baseball team. I moved here and picked up the Orioles. And then when the Nationals started, I picked up the Nationals. So I really do juggle all three, which is usually fine until the O's in Cleveland play each other. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to show my dedication to the Orioles, I named my one and only child after Camden Yards. So I, you know, I, I have cred. I have street cred with the Orioles, but also... Cleveland girl. So the Orioles are hosting Cleveland. My kid and I are going to the game. The kid is in the Orioles jersey. Hmm. I can't decide what to do. So I go with my O's double A Baysox shirt and my Cleveland double A Akron Rubber Ducks earrings and my all-star cap from that says Cleveland on it from the Cleveland all-star game. So I'm kind of mixing up. I'm not like, and my algorithm is if all things are equal, you root for the home team. Huh. And so I was definitely equal. If all things are equal, like, you know, you love both teams. eh. Like if this matchup had been happening in Cleveland, I would have been all in for Cleveland. Mm -hmm. And I was trying really hard to be all in for, um, for the O's, but this was Cleveland's day out of the three to, to win handily. The O's won on Friday and they just won just out of an enormous amount, like 18 to five today over Cleveland. But the game we went to Cleveland won and, I had to have sort of like a muted enjoyment of it. <laughs> you know, there's that that terrible T-shirt that I, I, I'm hoping is ironic that says, I just hope both teams have a good time. And I, mm-hmm. I always make fun of it because it's a funny thing. And I was like, yesterday would have been the day for me to wear that because I really was, I was rooting for guys. I wasn't rooting for teams. I was rooting for guys mm-hmm. on, on both teams. And so Cedric Mullins, uh, I know I picked as a boyfriend with the O's two years ago, way too soon. This year, he was like MVP caliber playing, right? He went five for five yesterday, hit two home runs, had this unbelievable layout catch in the outfield. He was amazing. And since, and including today's blowout game, he's hit safely in nine straight at bats. Wow. 
not nine straight games, nine straight at bats. He That's has crazy. had a hit, right? My guy, my current Orioles boyfriend, Ryan Mountcastle, I saw him homer for the third game in a row. He's also totally up to the extra base hits. He had a double yesterday, another double again today. His OPS for the past week is 1.6. Nice. I mean, oh my this God. is this is why I picked him, right? This is what I saw in him to begin with, but he wasn't getting started until just now. I was excited to see Aaron Savale pitch for Cleveland because I hadn't seen him pitch before. And, you know, he he was the winning pitcher. He's got an eight and two record. That's pretty darn good. I was super excited to see John Means, who pitched last time you and I went mm-hmm. to an O's game. And oh, my God, it was so heartbreaking. He gave up two runs immediately and only lasted two outs in the first inning before like, so his pitching coach came out just to kind of like slow him down and figure out, you know, to take a breather. This is getting out of hand. And then moments later, they called for the trainer and they pulled oh, him wow. out like in the two outs into the first inning. And sure enough, after today's MRI, he went on the 10 day IL for a shoulder strain. I'm like, no, but apparently his shoulder just gives out like at least once a season for, oh, uh, for a little while. And then it kind of comes back. So hopefully it'll kind of come back. My favorite moment though, I was laughing with my kid that like some of the names on the Cleveland team. Okay. First of all, and the top five, the first five people in the Cleveland lineup after, um, after your boyfriend, Cesar Hernandez was the leadoff. There were two Ramirez's and two Rosario's. <laughs> the next four batters were either named Ramirez or Rosario. I thought this is really fantastic. I kind of love this. But there were a couple guys whose names I wasn't familiar with. And I've been following Cleveland pretty well. Like, who is this guy? Who's this guy? And then in the late innings, Bobby Bradley comes up. I'm like, who is this guy? And then we look up and everything's zeros. I'm like, oh, he's not had an at-bat. Oh, my God. Are we seeing a debut? Ooh. Right? And so I'm really excited. You know, you got to love a debut, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it turns out later that he actually did come up for 15 games in 2019. But he actually – but then he went right back down. And like he was referring to this as his second debut, like like that one, you know, was so long ago, it didn't really matter. And so I am out of my mind cheering for him because here's this kid, right? He's got, you know, he's got a clean slate. He's getting his first at bat. I was cheering so hard for him that the, the, the women behind me said, "Are do you know him? <laughs> Are you the mom? <laughs> and I, what I said was, I, I don't, but this looks like it's debut and I don't know if his mom's here. So somebody needs to do this. <laughs> backup mom. I was that being the backup mom and my kid's like, oh God, you just adopted somebody else. And sure enough, he doubled and then he scored oh, a run. And I was out of my mind excited. Yeah. So, yeah. so I, you know, I looked him up and it turns out the, um, so he's been with the AAA Clippers, you know, in the, in the Cleveland system. And his nickname there is the assassin. So huh. he's got a bat, right? He has got a bat. And so Cleveland apparently DFA'd um, Jake Bowers uh, this this week and, and called up Bobby Bradley, who's going to be playing some first. And in fact, he played first base today, too, and hit a two-run home two run home run today and another double. So um, Bobby, I got to do some research to see if I like him, but I'm already eyeing him for next year's Cleveland boyfriend. It was just really that fun. It was sense. like... Look at like we get to see a thing. And I even said to Cam, I'm like, okay, remember this moment when he's an all-star next year that we were here for the debut, even though it wasn't really his debut as it turned out, but that was pretty cool. We had I had a better time because like I said, I could, you know, either team was good with me, my kid had a less good time. Today would have been the the, the day for my kid to go when, yeah. the, when the O's won 18 to 5. Oh my God. But a quick side note about Cleveland's team name. So we've talked about how they are actually seriously working on what's the new name going to be? They're working on it so seriously 
that they have this gigantic process that involves hundreds of hours of interviews with thousands of people and surveys and all these different demographics and groups that have, you know, that are, that are important. And my favorite part, they have this really very shiny website. I'm worried they spent too much time <laughs> on the shiny website explaining the process than mm. on the process. But I, I don't know where all this money comes from, but it comes from beer. It comes from buying beer at the stadium, I think. But the, my favorite line in all of this mess of complicated um, descriptions of the process was the most important part of our team name is Cleveland. Like, thank you. <laughs> thank you. After 14 rounds, 14 rounds of vetting potential team names, they've narrowed it down to 1,200 what? possible names. 1,200? 1,200. 1, 2, 0, 0, then the decimal point. Oh, my God. That's and it, amazing. And it just needs to be the Rocks. I mean, just ask me. It would be a very quick interview. It's the Cleveland Rocks. You got your Ian Hunter theme song. You're done. But yeah. no, no, they're going to be inclusive, for God's sake. And, um, I mean, seriously, I want that. I do want that. But 12... I can't even think of 1,200 words. Right. I would think you could get it into a sweet top 10 and be inclusive. Like you right. really could. I Yeah. I could think of three or four off the bat and why go even more. They could just go the way of Washington and be the Cleveland team. There's so many better names. Yeah. I think, I mean, we've been calling them the Cleveland team for years now and um, that hasn't really caught on as it turns out hard as we try. Right. But I will I will link to this website so you too can um, be amused and impressed <laughs> by the um, many many zillions hours worth of work they're spending us. But you know what? On the bright side, they're taking it seriously. Yep, and some consultants are getting some good work. Serious apparently. money. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so we're in our baseball boyfriend segment. This is the part where we talk about those guys that we picked in the off season, and Patty and I each picked a guy per team, and we do it every year. So at this point, we kind of talk about our current boyfriends and our former ones because we can't repeat. We can't carry these guys over year to year. And these are guys who are cool beyond the field. So we pick them hopefully because they'll give us points in our fantasy team when we finally when which we've done. And we did like we did a draft. And so we whittled it down to a team. But they're the guys that you just kind of keep an eye on because they're so awesome. And I think I picked Albert Pujols last year, I believe. I know I picked him when he was on the Angels, which, of course, wasn't that long ago. But I love watching what's happening to him now on the Dodgers because he's having fun. And there are like several articles out there just talking about how happy he is. And I think the Angels were a little bit, I mean, they, geez, they for. Letting them go, of course, they're assholes, but that kind of shows that it was a little bit of a, it's got to be a buzzkill being there, especially, you know, people like Trout and Otani and the team is still not doing well. So the cool thing about what the Dodgers are doing with them is what they've done before, which is use him sort of like a, at a mentor to the young guys. And they are starstruck and really enjoying just having the advantage of having what they know is going to be a future hall of famer with them to talk things over, you know? And like I said before that Mike Trout is missing that from the angels. So Pookie Mookie Betts, who once upon a time was going to be my forever boyfriend, but you know, that fell apart said, he's like a joy, that bright spot that came in. So that's just super adorable. And the other thing is like every two seconds, he's coming up against another record that he's moving up a notch on. And of course we know there's a bill zillion statistics. So there's always something happening with Pujols. So last week we talked about how he tied Babe Ruth on extra base hits. And of course we knew that this was going to happen. He passed Babe Ruth. So he's solo at number four on extra base hits. 
And that was after he got his third home run since he's been with the Dodgers. Eight for the season, but third home runs. And home runs are a thing because that's, of course, another stat. He's at number five right now at uh, 670 home runs. He has 26 to go to catch A-Rod. I have a feel. I don't know. I guess it could happen this season. Crazier things have happened. Crazier things have happened. I don't know. Maybe it will happen. He um, he also, with that third home run, tied Barry Bonds as number four in history for total bases. He has 5,000. Oh, no, that wasn't that home run. It was a, it was a different hit when he was playing against his old Cardinals, against his, um, his team that he was with for so long. So he has 5,976 total bases, as does Barry Bonds. But he has more, I'm sure, by the time you're listening to this, because, again, we're recording on Sunday. Uh, the other things that we're watching is his RSBI runs batted in. RBIs is just wrong, Just RBI. Right? You don't yeah, need an RBI. S about, just RBI. RBI. He has 2,122, which is third place. And he is 92 behind Babe Ruth on that one. So I'm just excited to keep watching Pujols do like, I'm sure stats are going to be coming out that I just didn't even know exist. And then he's going to be on top of them. And he's a nice guy. Yeah, I'm I'm so glad that thing, good things are happening to him because we were all very distraught mm-hmm. initially and this he's this has been saved, seriously yeah. saved. So it hurts to say it, but thank you Dodgers. Ooh. I know, right? Right? <laughs> right? Okay, so Potty Mouth said that we don't keep boyfriends from year to year and actually we do keep one guy. We were allowed yeah. to keep one guy. Um and so I kept Christian Yelich from last year as my my once and future forever boyfriend until I dump him for somebody else later, but right now <laughs> It's all okay. And so the Brewers are on a tear, man. They, When we get to our predictions, you'll see they've been on a tear out of nowhere. Um, and Christian Yelich, you remember he missed the end of last season with his knee messed up. And then, um, or a while ago, I can't, I lost track. Was that season before? Who knows? Did last year count? I don't remember. But also he was out for a while this season with back strain that he's been recovering from. So he has not had the bat that people expect from him. He has not been playing the way people want to. All of a sudden, He's starting to kick in, right? He had a three-run home run on Thursday. And I the thing I appreciate about this is, you know, there, we always appreciate a streak and like a, a rut and a habit that you have to stick with and a superstition. All those things are so important to, mm-hmm. to sports, right? Yeah. So the Brewers equipment manager, um, name is, is Jason Schauger. And he said, hey, we have these new bats, these blonde bats, you should try one. He's like, no, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. And then Christian Yelich apparently broke one his like uh, the black bat that he was using and said, all right, I will try this new blonde bat. And that's what he hit the three run home run with. And he said, I'm not really superstitious about what bat I use. I just took that one up there and, and it paid off. So credit to Shogger. So he hit, he hit another home run yesterday. I don't know what bat he used, but as a blonde, I am all for blondes helping Christian Yelich's bat get back in gear and get those extra base hits and those homers coming because I need the damn points. And I want Christian Yelich to get back to where he should be. I really do. So Understandably. Yay. Yeah. I wonder if those blonde bats are making any other appearances. Cause I could use some points here and there. We'll get to that at the end of the show about yeah. how our fantasy team is doing. And so like one of the challenges of this fantasy team is that Patty and I are, uh, I was going to say stuck. That's not the right word. We are limited to We're limited. Yes. To the guys that we picked, but we drafted out of the 30 and then that's what we get. And we don't get upset. 
And I, I thought I was going to have a fucking killer outfield. I had all these great outfield picks. A couple of them are still around. But Kyle Lewis, who was uh, Rookie of the Year last year in Seattle, and Trent Grisham both started off on the IL. And so, and Trent Grisham from the Padres. Um, so I've kind of figured like, all right, they're starting on the IL. It's going to take them a little bit longer. I actually kept Grisham on my bench even because I don't understand how this fucking fantasy things works. And I didn't realize <laughs> I could actually put him on the IL, but I know, I know how to do it now. So I was patient. I waited for them. I hung on to them. They came in, especially Grisham did well, and they are both on the IL again. And this time I'm a little concerned. Grisham, I don't know. This happened last time. He was supposed to, like, at the beginning of the season, they, there was uh, talk about he's going to maybe start, maybe he'll be a day late. And then it took a little over a week. His debut was April 9th, right? So that's nine days after. And now Jace Tingler has said he might be back within a week or so, which sounds a little iffy to me. He has a foot contusion, which means he bruised his heel. And I'm hopeful. So I'm hopeful that Trent's going to be back and save my outfield. Kyle Lewis, on the other hand, has a torn meniscus. And he had knee problems, which is what the issue was to keep him out of the the start after spring training. But apparently this is a different knee issue. It's supposedly a small tear. At this point of, of recording, or at least the last thing that I read, said that there's still sort of figuring it out. It might not be disaster, but it might, I don't know, a torn meniscus. So right now he's on a 10 day IL that could change, but shit, I don't know. Juan Soto better stay healthy, man. That's right. That's right. Hey, so um, I'm going to interrupt our regularly scheduled recording to tell you that my phone just gave me an alert that Jesse Winker hit another home run, which would be Mm -hmm. fine, except for it's his third home run today. Holy so shit. So this, this is my my Reds boyfriend. They're playing the Cardinals. They're at the top of the ninth. The Reds are up 8-7. So it's apparently an exciting game that we're not paying attention to. But Jesse Winker has hit his third home run of, of the, the game. game. Why am I failing so badly in fantasy is he, baseball? Is he on your bench or is he in your lineup? Oh, no. He's, he's, he's in, in my lineup. lineup. All yeah. right. Well, we'll see if you get a bump tomorrow. It's not sure. just home runs, though. That's the thing. Yeah. There's so many other things. Hey, so we also, in addition to the fantasy team, we made predictions at the beginning of the season. And we're not going to talk about like individuals, like for awards yet, because that's going to change a lot. But yep. we can at least talk about the teams we picked in, you know, each league. And, you know, and so our predictions were not that different from each other. In fact, our National League's predictions were identical. Um, for the American League, I had predicted, uh, A, for the AL East, I had predicted the Yankees and Potty Mouth had said the Blue Jays, but we both picked the White Sox and Oakland. And weirdly, it's Tampa Bay in NL East, and then the White Sox, and then Oakland. So Although the Red Sox are hot on their heels, and so we're, we're going to see what's going to happen with that. They're really close. They are, but we didn't pick them. So this is right. very weird that of the, just a handful of teams, we didn't pick any that are actually currently in contention at the NL East, but we're doing great in the Central. Wait, AL and, East, right? AL East. I'm sorry, yeah. AL East, yeah. Uh, but we're doing great in the, um, you know, the Central and the Western Division with the White Sox and Oakland. For the National League, we picked, uh, both of us picked the Mets, the Cardinals, and the Padres. And we are currently correct with the Mets. And for the Central right now, it's Cubs and the Brewers tied as of this morning when I checked. Wow. 
And, you know, this is part of the brewers being on the tear that I mentioned. And, and then, and San Francisco, at which I don't think anybody was really predicting of in the West. So, you know, we've, we're really solid on three of our six picks. Yeah. <laughs> I, but, I gotta know, say, I'm embarrassed that I predicted the Yankees to do better than the Red Sox because at the beginning of the year, I remember thinking like, "There's that heart and head prediction," and I usually yep. just stick with the heart. But I kind of said, "I I don't know. I just I don't think I can say Red Sox." But I should have said Red Sox. I should see. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm wondering if this was my terrible influence about you got to trust the math. Yeah, you know, I, I'm yeah. like you got to trust the math when it comes to predictions. Like your heart wants what it wants, but if we're we're putting money on it, you got to go with math. And well, apparently it's baseball, so math doesn't count. Yep. Yeah, or it's just mystical math, magical math. I don't know. I'm taking a trip to the hospital right now. Unfortunately, I'm going to do a little bit of a hospital report. Uh, there have been a couple of notable hits by pitches, but the pitcher, not hit by pitches, hit by hits, hit by hits, pitchers getting hit by a comeback. Tyler Zombros hit, he's a pitcher for the Durham Bulls. So he was hit in the head with a a comeback versus the Norfolk Tides Thursday night line drive in the eighth inning. And I I feel so mixed about this. There's a huge amount of concern out there, of course, um, but there's also a huge amount of sharing of the the actual occurrence. And I don't know how he feels about this, how his family feels about this. I know a lot of people who have clicked on it sort of unsuspectingly because it's very disturbing, you know, to watch a guy getting hit by a line drive at God knows how many miles per hour straight to the head. And he, you know, was immediately knocked down and sort of had some convulsions taken off by a stretcher, a horrific incident. And they stopped the game right there. Like they couldn't start. I think everybody who was there was probably traumatized by being witness to the incident. Uh, They even postponed the game the next day. And then when they played again on Saturday, they had like a big get well card signing area for fans to write stuff to him. So it's freaking scary. So scary. I just can't even imagine. Like, that is so hard, so hard hit. The promising update is that he was able to walk in his hospital room with assistance around his bed. So, at oh least, God. you know, there's some functionality there, but that's all I could find as of today. And then it sort of seemed to be like one after another thing. Ryan Brazier. So, the Red Sox have been without a couple of key pitchers, the most notable one being Chris Sale who's rehabbing after his surgery, but also Ryan Brazier, who was a really key reliever and, and, you know, almost closer. I think they used him sometimes in the closer position last year. He was out at the beginning of the season because of personal issues. I'm not quite sure what, well, actually he, he arrived late to spring training because of personal issues with, you know, that could mean COVID who knows. And because he was late for spring training, things started off late. And then he actually got injured during spring training. And who knows if that's because of rushing things, had a calf injury. So he was at the point of almost being able to rehab. He was pitching in a simulated game in Fort Myers. And there was a comeback and it hit him in the head. Um, He has a concussion and a cut over his ear. He is seems like he's doing better now. He was released from the hospital. I believe he's back home but he has a concussion and I really, really hope that they take it easy. It's a hard, hard loss for the team because 
you know, that kind of bullpen support is, is always needed. Although surprisingly the Red Sox are doing kind of okay in that area. So I hope that Brazier is able to take the time that he needs because don't fuck with the concussion. You know, right. there's just too much of that. So that, you know, brings me to the question, what do you do to prevent these? Because it happens, right? A line drive to the head. And, you know, I don't, I mean, I don't think you're going to get pitchers wanting to wear headgear because it's going to screw with their timing. Right. It's going to screw with how, but yeah, it's, it's serious crap and yeah. it's scary. And I don't think it, ha I mean, again, it's math, but you know, it doesn't happen that much, but how many do you need? I mean, you need right. one guy to get hit in the head and, and like be happy that he can walk with assistance. I mean, that's bad, right? right. I mean, yeah, we're celebrating because it could have been a lot worse, but that's already one too many. Yeah. So I don't know what we do. And also, you know, guys are still getting hit in the head in the batter's box. Right. You know, like Harper and a couple other guys have done that so far this year. And today in the Nats game, you know, I'm listening to like the, the radio feed while I'm, you know, working on my show prep for today. And I hear Austin Voth, our pitcher, is squared for a bunt and got hit so hard that it knocked his helmet off. And he oh went down God. to one knee and he was bleeding. And I mean, he managed to walk off. You know, with a towel, you know, held up to his face. So, so like, you know, he, he was well enough to, you know, move just fine, but freaking scary, right? Mm -hmm. And also, interestingly, you know, somebody who is wearing a lot of protection, the home plate umpire, took one in the face mask in the same game, I think just a little bit before this Austin Boat thing happened. And he stayed in for like a batter or two. And then he, he went running off because they said that they thought that, like, you know, he was kind of okay, but then maybe he was feeling nauseous. Oh, and so no. he like ran away. And so they took him out. And so they finished the game with, you know, three instead of four umpires. But guys are getting hurt by these balls, either being thrown super fast or hit really hard. And yeah. that's not OK, man. That's really scary. Oh, totally. And with the when they hit by the pitch thing, you know, that brings into the whole they're cracking down on the substance use. But really, like, I think pine tar should be allowed because I'd rather have that than have people being hit by uncontrollable balls. I mean, look at Kevin, Kevin Pillar is actually back, which is amazing. How did yeah, that was smashed in the face? So yeah, yeah, something needs, I don't know. It's well, just, I guess risk. Let me flip the order of the police blotter then, because I, I was going to talk about foreign substances and I'm going to talk about it right now then, because it really okay. is kind of thematic. Yeah. And, you know, we've talked about how, um, you know, Pitchers are being in those change your hat or we're going to take these particular baseballs out of play and send mm -hmm. them to the commissioner's office to check out. And remember, we had said at the time, there aren't going to be any consequences yet. This is fact finding. Let's see what's out there. So there was apparently a an owner's meeting this week at which the evidence, which are all these things, were presented what they found out from the balls they took out of play or the caps that looked suspicious or any of those things. One of the things they reviewed was video testimony by like opposing position players. So you've got like hmm. players being wow. angry about perceived cheating, whether or not it's true. And so like there's players ratting out other players, mm. which is uncomfortable. It's tricky. It's tricky. And what, what is likely coming out of this is an actual plan to enforce. I mean, there's rules already on the books that forbid the use of foreign substances, but no one has enforced them in the yep. past. Umpires have only addressed it. If, a manager has asked them to look at that. And most managers won't ask them because then the other manager will say, well, what about your guy? Mm -hmm. And so largely it's been, uh, you know, on the books, but not ever enforced. And 
the commissioner's office says, we've got to deal with this. This is job one right now. So a plan is being developed currently that may go into effect as soon as June 14th, according to ESPN. Huh. It's the only place I saw the story today, but I did see it there. And so everything has the words possible and probably and maybe in front of it. So take it with that grain of salt. But I find it interesting because they were talking about what, what enforcement would look like. And one of the things that they are considering is every starting pitcher might have up to two random checks during their start. Like, you know, then a start is like one game. So they, they may like get them like coming off the mound and say, you know, show me your collar or, you know, what's behind your left ear or what's that spot on your cap or, you know, I'm taking this baseball or whatever. And ESPN's, presumption was there could be as many as eight to 10 random checks per game because of relief pitchers coming in and all of that. And Oh, sure. You know, pace of play is important, but we're going to do this. Pace of play. What the fuck? They have suggested that pitchers who are found guilty of using the substances may face 10 day suspensions. What? And there may be consequences for catchers and position players as well, because there may be other people that are, you know, doctoring the balls or using something they're not supposed to use. So this is all in flux right now. Mm-hmm. But according to this ESPN piece, it is being considered and there may be a plan to like a very specific plan for here's exactly how we're going to enforce this rule. It's been on the books forever that no one's ever cared about before. But now we've decided is the most important thing on the planet. I've seen a lot of um, criticism online or commenting on Garrett Cole and Trevor Bauer for not having control of their pitches as they usually do. And sort of an inference that people are now being more careful about the substances because MLB has got a spotlight on it. So I don't know, you know, look back to people getting hit by the ball. I would just let everybody use pine tar. Why, Why not? Yeah, like figure out what is safe. Yeah, I mean, okay, give, if it gives them an advantage, if everybody has the same advantage, yeah. it's equal, and that's okay. And if right. that means guys aren't getting hit in the head, all the better. Thank you very Absolutely. much. Absolutely. So somebody who might, okay, I don't believe in violence. I was going to say somebody who might need a knock in the head, but that's <laughs> that's not right. That's not right. I don't no. believe in that. Is Bob no. Grenley, who is a Diamondbacks commentator. Oh, who right. Is voluntarily taking time off after he made a remark about Marcus Stroman's durag. And he compared it to, oh, that must be the one that Tom Seaver was wearing. It was, you know, sound like, you know, dog whistly kind of look, this, you know, this non-white pitcher is non-white. Pay attention to that. I mean, what the hell? So he said he's going to use his time off to listen, reflect and do awareness training, you know, about diversity issues and this and that. And, And those are good things. And on the surface, his apology, like, you know, we have our rules for what constitutes a good apology. Mm-hmm. His apology, taken on its own at face value, was very good. He took responsibility huh. for what he did. He poly- apologized directly to Marcus Stroman and said he also did that personally. And then he shared these steps that he's taking to change, right? Do this awareness training and do all that. So that's all good, except for here's the thing. He has a history of making these dog whistly inappropriate comments. And, you know, reading up on that, apparently his broadcasting partner is always like a little bit taken aback, like, like he he doesn't play with it. Like he doesn't like join in whatever, like the Uh perceived joke is supposed to be. He kind of like lets it go and then changes the subject or 
whatever, um, and kind of moves it on because he's uncomfortable with it. Right. Yeah. yeah, He's like, he's stuck. So, but apparently this has happened on a couple of different occasions. He's the one who made the crack about Tatis Jr. Have the bicycle chain around his neck. I mean, dude, it's, you don't have to say that. Right. You, you think that all you want. You know what? You may you may not care for ballplayers wearing jewelry, but when you say it the way you say it, it's dog whistly. It's, yeah, it's not okay. And then the little kids who are not white, who are watching baseball, are like, I can't play baseball because they'll make fun of me. And that's not okay. Yeah. And, and it, I mean, it's pretty clear then that he's just really clueless about this. Like, hopefully the diversity training will help him, but that he thinks that that's okay or that that's his like normal way of being is, is a big red flag. But, and, and Marcus Stroman, I mean, talk about somebody who just exudes positivity on a regular basis and his tweets about it, like he's, you know, defending himself, but at the same time, taking the high road. He's just, he's a really great guy. So. Yeah. I mean, he was ticked and he said, no, there has to be an apology. And in fact, there was an apology. And, but, you know, as we've always said, the proof will be in what happens next. Yeah. So, I mean, he's, I think Bob Bradley, Bob Bradley hasn't been fired or anything. So he's expected back. So I guess that is when we'll see, will things Mm -hmm. be different then? I mean, I, I want deeply to believe that people can change and they could learn from their mistakes. And, oh, sure, I'm from a different time and things were different. Okay, well, you're not in that time now and you can learn to be of this time. Yep. And, you know, what what is actually, you know, le- learn from your mistakes. You can continue to grow. You don't have to be stuck in that time that mm-hmm. you are of. So hopefully that'll happen. I hope so. Because this is just, it's exhausting. And if it's exhausting for me, you know, 57-year-old white girl, you know, right. I can only, only pretend to imagine, you know, what it's like for Marcus Stroman. Sure. Right. So Marcelo Zuna, he's back because, you know, we, we talked last week about him you know, getting thrown in jail because he choked his wife and hit her with his cast and did a whole bunch of crap. And so we had a hearing on Monday. And um, at that point, he was, you know, forbidden to have any contact with his wife and was released on a $20,000 bond. MLB, of course, is investigating. There are, you know, criminal charges because the police witnessed his assault of his wife. So that's going on. So both of those things are happening. So here's what it looks like for the Atlanta team. Okay. So Ozuna is currently on the injured list because of the broken fingers, hence the cast, which he used as, as a weapon, right? So he's currently not playing. So if MLB through their investigation decides to suspend him, that would start after his stint on the IL. Mm -hmm. The interesting piece is he has got a four-year $65 million contract and that contract is guaranteed money and the domestic violence policy, you know, lists all kinds of disciplinary actions that can be taken. Voiding a contract is not on that list. Really? So that, con- I mean, yeah. So criminal activity, uh-huh. all those things don't have any effect he really still gets his money on your contract. So Holy unless shit. something changes, I mean, I don't know if he ends up in jail with that change. I, I don't know. But right now, the hands of the Atlanta team are a little bit tied as far as paying him. I mean, they could release him. They could not play him anymore. But they may still be on the hook for $65 million for a domestic abuser. Wow. Fascinating, wow. So, huh? Right, right. So then it's what do they do? Like the, the right thing to do would be to release him and just cough up the money. Yeah. 
Oh, oh, oh no. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna take us a little bit international, and I feel bad about not mentioning this last week, but we just finished an Olympic qualifier tournament in Florida, and it was so the the uh, baseball is coming back to the Olympics. That is exciting, and I found out that it's because of Japan. Like they had the prerogative to bring it back, which is thank you, Japan. So it probably won't be back four years after that. I forget where it is, but then it's four in Paris. Years after- so Paris won't have it. But then yeah. after that, I think it's in Los Angeles again. Yeah, in which case so it's coming back could- for sure. Yeah, yeah. So this is. I mean, I'm hoping that things come back. So at this. There are two more qualifiers, or there were two more. This one just happened. There's going to be one more. So going in, four of the teams were set. So this qualifier picked another team, and then there's going to be the other qualifier. But this is pretty cool. I didn't realize that in their opening ceremony for the first pitch, Big Poppy was there. He threw out the first pitch to Johnny Bench. So that that video is out there. I think it's going to be in our notes. Um, another. So here's a little bit of a throwback. That issue on the substances for pitchers is trickling into the Olympics because they're trying to follow MLB's lead on it. So in one of the first games in the first round, a Venezuelan pitcher, Adrián Almeida, was ejected for the game during, I think it was the ninth inning for foreign substance. And they actually found it in his glove. And here's the funniest part is that it was right after he struck out Jeter Downs. Wait a minute. I know that name. Right. He was my Red Sox pick for this year because we have so many rules for our boyfriend picks people that we were not picking Red Sox who could have possibly been involved in cheating in 2018, which led me to pick picking this rookie who did not see the light of day this year. But apparently he's playing for Colombia, and and I had talked about his Colombian heritage when when I talked about him in whatever episode. I'll try to figure that out. Um, and he apparently is playing for the Colombian team that did not that did not get very far, unfortunately. But after Jeter Downs got struck out, they questioned the substance. They found the substance. They ejected the pitcher. New pitcher came in. Colombia promptly ties it up in the ninth inning, but then Venezuela walked it off. So Venezuela and Dominican Republic and the United States were sort of neck and neck going into the very final round, and we know that the that the U.S. pulled it off. But Venezuela and the DR get another shot. So they're going to be going on to the last qualifying tournament in Mexico, along with Australia and the Netherlands, because Taiwan officially withdrew. And I think I said mentioned last week that they weren't playing, but now it's absolutely official. So Japan is the host. Mexico actually beat the U.S. in the last qualifier, so they get a spot. South Korea is in, Israel is in by the funniest story. And I will, I think I put it in our notes, like link the article about Israel because that's pretty cool. And now the United States is in and there is one more spot that is going to come out of Mexico. But the U.S. team is, it's interesting. Like all of these teams are sort of a mix of uh, minor league players because it can't be anybody who's currently on an MLB roster. So it's players who were either, 
you know, retired MLB players, like, for example, um, Jose Bautista's playing for the Dominican Republic. Anibal Sanchez, the World Series pitcher of the Washington Nationals, is playing for Venezuela. Or you have these rookies or like, you know, minor league players like Jeter Downs. And actually the Red Sox, yay, Red Sox have three of the rookies. So Jeter Downs for Columbia, but also Jaron Duran and Tristan Casas are Red Sox prospects who are on the U.S. team. So, you know, it's, it's an interesting thing to look at. It's super fun. Yeah, it's kind of giving some of these guys that were very recently MLB players a chance to finish their career better. In the case of Todd yeah. Frazier, so Todd Frazier was, was released by the Pirates May 13th. Just this past, like a couple of weeks ago, May 13th, like not quite, not even a month ago. And that was, that was a sad way to possibly, to end his career, right? I mean, like he'd been on a bunch of teams and all of a sudden, oh, you're just letting me go. I'm not retiring. You're just letting me go. Well, he ends up on Team USA and in this, this game that got USA into Olympic contention, he went four for four. And he said, playing for your country is the coolest thing in the world. And he said, you know, if I can finish my career this way, especially if I can finish it with an Olympic medal, the quote is God almighty, that would be the best icing on the cake. Wow. Like, isn't that a a comeback from being told by the pirates? We don't want you to, you just saved team USA in this game. You were the star of the show and now you're going to the Olympics. I mean, that's, that's a pretty cool, like second wind, right? Second time through. Oh, totally. And I love it that there are players like that who are doing this mentoring things with these, you know, minor leaguers or rookies who are also coming up. I took a look at the the last time that the baseball baseball was in the Olympics was 2008. And on that team was both Jake Arrieta and Steven Strasburg, which huh. I had no clue about. Yeah. And an interesting sort of side note in this, in the first round, the first set of Im- eliminations included Cuba. And this is actually not only the first time that Cuba has been eliminated, like hasn't gone to the Olympics when baseball was offered in the Olympics, but the five times that they went, they went to the final round. So they got either gold or silver. Yeah. And interestingly, also two of those teams had Yuli Gurriel, who is now on the Trastros. Wow. Yep. Yep. The, the, the of great hair, but poor otherwise judgment. But poor choices. Yeah. Sure <laughs> yes. enough. Sure enough. So keep it up. Speaking of like great hair and poor choices, that brings me to the fantasy boyfriend <laughs> baseball league. Wait, I have no idea what that means. I'm just saying that the top, the people that are at the top are still at the top. I have sunk to 10th place being oh, overtaken wow. by both Deborah and Marla. Everybody else is still shuffling around the top. I am sinking and sinking fast. I'm not happy about it. So let me just say that we get points for a whole range of things. So the fact that this is Jesse Winker's second three-run home, you know, three-run home run game. Um, I'm not saying those words right, but it's been a long day. It doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter. So um, I'm sunk and I need pitching help. We'll, we'll, we'll see. I mean, Karen's on top, who is like definitely miss strategy because she's de- she's putting a lot of effort in there. There's a lot of like roster movement happening on a daily basis. So I think it's hard for us to keep up there. But yeah, the hot mess baseball mom and zombies have also been hanging in there. And, you know, I make roster moves, the little bit of roster that I can move. And 
I don't know. Stupid rules, potty mouths. Stupid rules. Stupid rules. It's it's our own fucking fault. Is it is what it is. It is absolutely our own. You fault. just wait. Next year, I'm going to figure out how to jimmy those stupid rules yeah. to benefit only us. That, no wait, that, that's impossible. Right. Oh well, it is impossible. But and I'm not okay. like it's that. Fun. It is. It fun. is. Yeah. And we like these guys. And so you know what? Actually, I am toying with doing. Um, at least for one of my ballots. People get out there and vote for the All-Stars. It's that time. But I'm going to be doing all boyfriend All-Star voting. So I'm only going to vote for past, present, and I won't count future. Past or present baseball boyfriends are going to be my All-Star picks. And so I probably won't vote the same ballot every time because I want to kind of spread the love. But I'm going to look for my baseball boyfriends as, you know, wherever they are as far as their stats go and just give them my, my little vote of support out there. Yeah. Well, let me just tell you that Cedric Mullins is going to be on every single one of my ballots. Yeah. You know, and, and he is a, he a is, a, is a former boyfriend. So yep. there's that, but Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Hey, so um, I'm going to a Nats game this week to see the giants. who I hear are number one in the, in the NL West. So Woo-hoo. I'm going to go see what all that fuss is about. So yay. That's another game this week. Woo. Yeah. Yeah. And so you're going with friends to that one, right? I am because I don't so, enjoy going with people I don't like. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Because we have those because that's one of our ticket games. So I think our little household plus the, the Yankees dude, if if there's no rain, it will be right at the end of quarantine. So he can technically oh, nice. go to that one. Oh, good. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Well, we'll wait. So, we'll wait yeah. You. So we just have to we just have to really hope that the weather holds up because it's like it's one of those DC typical DC weeks. It's like a risk risk of thunderstorms every night this week, including our high school graduates on Wednesday. So that's going to be a little tense. Oh, good outside. Outside. That's an exciting thing to do this week. Totally, totally. And speaking of high school, and speaking of high school players, actually, people throw your money at DC Girls Baseball. If you have not heard our interviews with the DC Girls Baseball amazing players, just go back. It was like a couple of weeks ago, and they will just knock your socks off. And they are actively at this point fundraising for the national competition that's going to be happening in July. So we will link to their flip cause and you can actually, there's a bunch of um, girls who have their individual pages. So you can pick one or Piper, who we spoke to directly, has one. So throw your money at Piper. She's super great. And the important thing about funding DC Girls Baseball is that money goes very specifically to bringing in more girls who otherwise couldn't afford to play. So this is not... Hey, you know, we've got these these kids that, you know, whose parents make a lot of money and they can play and let's just have more money. It's not at that at all. It is right. let's expand, let's increase the diversity, let's bring more girls in. It goes to all the right things. So please empty your pockets for DC Girls Baseball. Or if you live somewhere where there's another girls league, see if they need your help, because I bet they do. Yep. If you like what what we're talking about and you think you've got some friends who might enjoy us, please do tell them about no crying in baseball. We'd love it. If you checked out some back episodes, gave us a rating or a review if you can. And absolutely please come find us on social media. Hang out with us on Twitter, NCIB podcast, Facebook, and Instagram. No crying in B-ball. Hey, have you gotten your vaccine yet? Santiago just got his yesterday. You should get yours too. All the cool kids are doing it. Please wear your mask when you're in groups of people. Keep washing your hands. Keep your distance when you can. Fight the man all the time. And until next week, say goodnight, potty mouth. Good night, potty mouth.
Oh, that's pretty cute. Oh, cool. All, All right. right. Yay. We're already a success. <laughs>